The following podcast is brought to you by a site called Fred.com. Enjoy. Salutations, ladies and gentlemen. I am Matt Cohen, and welcome to a very special Bagnum Boarded Hi, hello. It's great to see you, too. Unfortunately, Jesse Rivers couldn't be with us this evening as he lives in Alabama. And... We don't we don't live in Alabama, so he couldn't he can't physically be with us. But he's with us in spirit, as always, in our hearts and our in our groins, the places where Jesse likes to reside. Anyway, uh, I'd like to present you with a, a, a uh, an afternoon in my life. About a week ago, I had the chance to venture into sunny downtown Los Angeles uh, to the Standard Hotel of all places. Real real fancy hip type place they had a foosball machine in the lobby for inexplicably no reason but that's why you know it's hip because nothing makes sense like oh is that a is that a boa constrictor you have around your neck what, what is there a reason for that and and the reason is no i'm hip you get it you know or, or if you ride a unicycle or a recumbent bike or or uh your name is slab you know just hip hip stuff speaking of hip stuff i'd like to present you folks proudly with a conversation I had with the filmmakers behind the new documentary, The People vs. George Lucas, Mr. Alexandra Philippe and Mr. Robert Murator. Oh, the laughs we shared, the tears we shed, the times we had. Join us, won't you? And may the force be with you. If you were here for our uh, usual brand of nonsense, I apologize. Um... Every once in a while, I feel the need to get classy, and and this is one classy motherfucker. Uh, join us next week, where we will be talking about anal sex, and uh, if Captain America were a kind of dog, what kind of dog would he be? I'm going to go with a, a a golden retriever. Let's see what Jesse has to say about it. But for now, I present you with a brief respite with the People vs. George Lucas. Enjoy. Man. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I am Matt Cohen. Jesse could not be with us because he is lazy and he lives in Alabama. But I am joined by some illustrious guests. Uh, gentlemen, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hey, I'm Alexander Philippe, uh, director of The People vs. George Lucas. I'm Robert Muratori. I'm one of the producers and the director of photography. Of The People vs. George Lucas. Of The People vs. George Lucas. And we are here to, here to talk about the new Tom Cruise film, Night and Day. No, we're here to talk <laughs> about The People vs. George Lucas. They kind of gave it away. Um, for those of you who don't know, The People vs. George Lucas is a new documentary that takes a courtroom approach at... Well, how about, how about you? How would you guys describe it? Because it's your film. That might be a better, <laughs> might well, be a better idea. Well, yeah, it, it is a feature doc. You got, you got that. It's, uh, it's basically... <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's about the sort of dysfunctional relationship you know, between George Lucas and his fans over the past 30 years. From everything from Star Wars to indie to Howard the Duck to the yeah, we don't get so much into Howard the Duck. I thought I thought it was going to be uh, you know a bit of a cheap shot, you know, considering people are he's clamoring involved. Clamoring for no man, people want more Howard the Duck. <laughs> I think after time that's become his most beloved thing because he hasn't fucking touched it. Yeah, you know, I, I, well, he I, left it I, shitty, but at least he left it alone. You know, you know, I, mean? I actually like, I dig Howard. It the has duck. its moments. It's, it's, it's a good guilty pleasure. The thing movie, that always you know? freaked me out as a kid is there, she, she has sex with the duck, right? It's implied. Yeah, yeah. it's totally implied that she has sex with an alien duck. Yeah. There was that, and in Big, when when Leah Thompson uh, is it Leah Thompson with Tom Hanks? Oh I can't my remember. god! Uh, <laughs> but whoever it is, you're putting me on the spot here. Elizabeth Perkins. Thank you. Elizabeth Perkins has sex with 
someone she knows is a 13-year-old boy. There was mm-hmm. that and the duck thing. Always threw me off so, as a kid. Yeah, and, then, and then there's Team America where you've got the puppet sex. It's kind of on the same sort of level. See, yeah. but the puppet, at least it's two consensual mm. puppets. This is like a dog. There's interspecies. Yeah. And then you've got like time travel in, uh, yeah. pedophilia going on in yeah. those other films. But none of that in uh, People vs. George. No, no, no. Well, I mean, there is, there is of course, the, the infamous, you know, rape of Indiana Jones. I mean, that the, we, we, talked, in the, we mentioned in the film, yeah. In the... Um, in yeah. the Star, uh, excuse me, the South Park episode that's that's now Correct. made it kind of more famous, but that rape yeah. line. Let's get straight to that, I guess, because that sure. seems to be the, the the rally cry for the past. <laughs> I'll say since the re-releases of of the whole. I think George Lucas was the first person to rape a childhood. Am I, <laughs> am I wrong on that? Well, that's that's right. It, it seems that way. You know, I mean, I, we certainly didn't. You, you know. never heard like Abraham Lincoln rape my childhood or anything. You know, no, I think it no. was. No, but yeah, it's 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 interesting because that that's like really the fans just you know wanting to say George, listen, you know, pay attention to us. You well, know? you guys were both fans before you made the film, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and you grew up. Time. Yeah. yeah, we watched we watched the films as kids in the theaters. So of course we're the you know hardcore the original fans. generation. Yeah. You know, the so Star Wars how, generation. How was your childhood's virginity <laughs> stand up? I yeah, mean, my, my childhood's okay. You know, I did he, I, did he rape you? No, no, no. <laughs> Get a little bruised, maybe. But. Totally <laughs> totally totally violated. Violated. from George. Yeah. It's the beard. It's raw. It, it rubs against your, your back and stuff. Um, <laughs> so what was so so? But you, you weren't you weren't obviously you guys were fans. But you yeah. you two share that kind of disconnect or duality as it as it were. Yeah, there's it's I'm, I'm like Gollum, you know, as a fan. It's like you know, this love, hate, this love and frustration, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you, you definitely have those moments where you kind of go back and forth between, oh, this is the guy who created Star Wars, and this is the guy who mm-hmm. sort of you know took it in a completely screwed up direction. So is that is that personal feeling toward it? What inspired you guys to make the film? Like, why is it people versus George Lucas and not people versus? Fucking Brett Ratner or yeah. Hitler. I mean, because yeah, well, that, yeah, that's an interesting point. We're yeah. all in the same league, in my opinion. Brett Ratner. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, th- I think yeah, I mean, I think in culture, there's like that really unique sort of dynamic between George and the fans. You know, I mean, there's really nothing like it in ser- in terms of you know the, the amount of love, hate, frustration. I mean, the, the passion is just so. And it's been going on. I mean. You know, you've got a 70-minute review of Episode 1 coming out, right? Re- you know, it came out a few months no, ago. Of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, 11 years later, it's like the fans are just not letting go. So it's it's very, very present in pop culture. Do you think that's, uh, as the fans, I'll say, are, do you think that's our fault of not letting go? Or do you mm. think that's something inherent in, in the franchise almost or the way that George has set it up? I mean, it... Is it just a bunch of film geeks bitching, you know, or is there something? No. Is there something deeper? I don't think it is, personally, because mm. you know. Oh, I, I think I it's deeper. Em- I would be embarrassed. Do you think there's something that goes deeper in, in the culture almost? That yeah. Well, you know, it's like it's like you know, it's like this, right? I mean, George George was not just a filmmaker to us when we were kids. You know, he was Uncle George. I mean, he was the guy. Like who the Walt, of, totally like Walt Disney. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, he sort of gave us the story, you know, of our childhood, and also he gave us the toys. And back then, you know, you had three years to. You know, you waited three years in between movies. And so you had the toys to start imagining those stories. And, and you went, your mind just went places with it. And so you, 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 it's like you, you own that film, you know, in a very sort of profound, profound way. So I think, I think those movies mean so much to us that, uh, you know, we're just, it's in our DNA. You know, we're connected and it inspired us to, to do things. You know, I mean, look at all the fan films. It's unbelievable. No, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're extensive. More, more so than I think in Star Trek even. Because Star Trek's classically yeah. kind of a... 
a kind of fanny kind of franchise. I mean, they let the fans write episodes at a certain point. Yes, I think. In one yeah, there the, there is quite yeah. a few uh, Star, Star Trek, Trek homemade fa- homemade. Episodes, there's a big one, yeah. I think, too. Right? There's there's that one big feature. I think these guys spent like 20 years or something, and like a whole bunch of money. I've yeah. seen clips of it online. But no, there's there. I think even compared to other sci-fi like Star Trek, though, there's mm-hmm. you never really meet Star Trek haters. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that, because, that were fans. And there, there's right? bad Star Trek out there, but oh, people totally. people don't diss uh, Roddenberry for it ever. You know, I mean that he's still mm-hmm. sort of he's been beloved since day one, and and never really you know faltered in the mm-hmm. fans. And what's mind. what's weird is, is that whole concept of sole authorship because Roddenberry, like I know he he did a, a blind share of the work, but there were other writers, and once the other series came on, he had, it was his son and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. the Star Wars stuff kind of falls on one man. That's right. Yeah. At least that's the perception. You know, it may not be true because obviously there's there's a lot of people now. There's a lot of writers. There's a lot of people who participate in this. But uh, yeah, for some reason it's like George's fault. And what's yeah. strange is I almost get the, con- the the feeling that as the years went on, at least now with the Clone Wars, that George has really no day to day. Uh, do you do you guys think he's super involved in like the Clone Wars stuff? And I, I understand he's he's quite involved. Is I mean, he really? Yeah, storyline yeah. wise. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we talk to everything. Does he really? Yes. yes. Even yeah. the, even the Adidas commercial. Well, that I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure he's got his. He uh, had to have signed uh, signed off on that yeah. at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If he's got a little, his little stamp, you know, the George Lucas stamp. And folks, if you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about, there is a um, Star Wars. Yeah, right. Just a picture of his beard. It's just a silhouette, like Hitchcock, except it's the beard and the gray bouffant thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if you folks aren't aware of it, uh, there's an Adidas Star Wars commercial that came out about a month ago that takes place in the uh, the cantina from A New Hope. And um, this had not come out when you guys made the film because I definitely, correct, I definitely correct. think I would have brought it up personally because I was interviewed for the film. Yeah, that might be the lowest blow I've seen to Star Wars in years. <laughs> that commercial because because yeah. at this point it's not ju- it's not changing for the sake of some bullshit enhancement that he thinks or uh-huh, uh-huh. this is just sheer merchandising and and not only is it that it's. Oh, yeah. It's like tarnishing the one thing that people love the most. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you never know. He might just think it's 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 Cute. a hoot. You know, yeah, I mean, he might, he might he might just think like, it's like the yeah. farting gophers in Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, no, I think has, I think his sense of humor escapes many of us. It's got a bit of a juvenile sense <laughs> yeah. of humor. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hard one. Yeah, <laughs> just as a, as a Star day. Wars fan, that 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 commercial to me at least is almost a harder pill to swallow than the prequels. Because really, jeez. Wow. Only because it's just it's just so anti everything I I I, yeah. I knew Star Wars to be growing up. You know what I mean? It, but it's yeah. very indicative of that new of what Star Wars means today. I think it's a different form of commercialism, really. You know, it's it's yeah. a, it, but it's just more in your face. I mean, I you could mm-hmm. you could sort of make that argument with the toys and the video games and some of the other stuff that's sort of superficial. Um, or you know, it's just it's just a different kind of uh, of way of, of commercialism that he's taking. You know, the franchise. Not I really. guess so, man. It's just it, that seems to be what the franchise is all about, though these days, commercialism. Because I think the Clone Wars is doing crazy yeah. well, right? Oh, well, I'm sure it's. it's I mean, obviously, there's if they're still doing it, it's doing okay. Have you guys right? watched it? I, I've stopped. I've I mean, been, I watched. I watched the, I watched the feature. Have you? I've I never have. seen a yeah. single episode. Yeah, the, I watched the, the one, you know, the one that came out in the theaters. I mean, the, the I movie, the, right? The, yeah, the original movie. one, with, with which I did. Zero like. the Hut yeah. is that the name Zero. of it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The Truman Capote uncle of. <laughs> 
But even after yeah. making a film called The People vs. George Lucas, you guys are still Star Wars fans. It of course. Like. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, how can you, I mean, in a sense, how can you not sort of at least, you know, like respect and admire George Lucas for what he's done, right? I mean, for the original films. I mean, if just for that, you know, it's like, why, you know, does he owe us anything? I don't think so, you know? I mean, he can, he's definitely entitled to. You know, you can do whatever he wants now, right? It's just we don't have to like it. And we people, don't have to like it. My co-host, Jesse, had actually, uh, he's, he's my age, he's 25. He'd never seen the prequels till about oh. two weeks ago. And he watched them. He watched the entire series, but he did four, five, six, one, two, three. And I said, you yeah. missed such an amazing opportunity to do it chronologically. For the, You know what I mean? Because uh-huh, uh-huh. that would probably be so weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean you, you, you think about it though. I mean, the orig- there's so many big uh, there, there's so many big payoffs in the original trilogy that you lose by watching them. Absolutely, chron- it, it, it ruins every the first three movies spell out everything yeah. to come. That's why because yeah. that's how Lucas intended it. You know, one, wow. two, three, four, five, six. I mean, and there's there's a lot of argument now as to how how do you watch those films. You know, if you watch all six of them, I mean, there's actually a lot of people now who are saying, you know, I want my kids to look, to look at them like you know four or five. Then one, two, three, and, and then six. Why are they popping Jedi? You know, I, well, I, to kind of end on the. I love Jedi. Palatable See, I'm, note, I'm, a, I guess. I'm not an, even an apologist. I like Ewoks. I like the dance. <laughs> I like I like Jedi too. <laughs> there's, there's some some. I mean, I think some of the best Star Wars moments are in well, Jedi. That's the thing. I saw the film yeah. for the first time when I was a kid, and as a kid, that yeah. was the, the most child friendly yeah. of the Star Wars films, and it kind of stuck with me. I mean, Jedi totally. is probably still my favorite. Even embarrassing, as embarrassing as that is, I, I enjoy no, watching I mean, Jedi. The most, but yeah. but my friend Jesse had asked me, he'd never seen the films and he didn't, he wasn't a fan, excuse me, the co-host Jesse, and he mm. said, as a Star Wars fan, would you see 7, 8, 9? Like, are you excited? Do you, do you want that? And I, I almost didn't know how to answer it at this point. Well, I think, you know, honestly, I, th- I would like, you know, it's like, I would like to see George Lucas sort of hand it over, you know, to, to directors who have come now or in their prime, you know, I mean, you know, J.J. Abrams or Joss Whedon or, you know, folks like that Absolutely. who are, who you know, and, and just see what, you know, what they would do with the Star Wars franchise, you know, and, and yeah, that would get me excited. But, uh, you know, and, and I would like to see George do some other types of films. I'm, I'm not saying I don't want George to make more films. You know, but I would like him to stop maybe making Star Wars and just do something else. I can pretty fairly say I don't need to ever see another George Lucas Star Wars movie. Correct. Yeah. You know, I just don't, after the last, yeah. I don't know what he would bring to it anymore. He hasn't, because he's done four of of, mm. of six mm-hmm. and, and three of them have been pretty atrocious, so. Well. And the first one was just, you know, right out the bat, so I don't know. <laughs> but he does, he does, he does have that, um, that short he's been doing, I believe, about... Red Wings, is it called? Red Tails about the fire. Yeah, well, he's, pr- he's producing it though. He's not. He's not. Oh, directing. he's not. He's not directing. No, he's no, producing. no. He's not directing. Yeah. So you hear so, all, you know. You hear all these stories about all these other films he intended to direct I know, and write. I know. I know. Do you, yeah. Do yeah. You no. I mean, I mean, even Dale Pollock talks about that. Yeah. You know, seeing a stack of scripts. And that's a. That's the sad. That's a sad thing, really. I mean, is that? And but in fact, recently, you know, like in the media he was actually saying that uh, you know because you know they keep asking him the same question when are you going to make those films and for the first time I actually heard him you know you know heard him say uh, man you know I'm actually quite content making Star Wars uh, so I think I think he may have given up on that and that's that's sad and you know? sad for it's sad for him personally and it's sad for the the next the future of Star Wars I think well and for you us know? too it's like I mean I think it would be cool to see George you know like have some creative uh, you know sort of go go somewhere else creatively because he's he's a mildly you know talented filmmaker no absolutely you know? and he's one of and he's you know as far as fandom goes he's one of the tops and you're right it's, it's oh, interesting yeah. that he's yeah. only made one thing kind of and that 
And yet he's still one of the most beloved filmmakers of all time, you know? For sure, for sure. Well, I mean, if you could just get back to that those early days with, you know, uh, American Graffiti and THX. I mean, you look at those films and how great mm. they were. I mean, well, THX was so dystopic and completely different than yeah. anything in the Star Wars universe. And, and Amer- I mean, American Graffiti was just an amazing film, too. I mean, it's, yeah, it was just so groundbreaking and sort of its use of music, you, can, you know, it's... Just brilliant stuff. I mean, he he really um, he showed a lot of promise, and he certainly delivered. But you know, he hasn't done anything other than Star Wars since the mid seventies, and that's sad. And I guess the, the the conflicting mentalities are either that's sad, or he gets a kind of a get get out of jail free card because well, he made Star Wars. But I don't. If yeah, that's all you'd ever made. That would be pretty. That'd be pretty cool. Damn good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. But yeah. it's 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 the the stuff he keeps stacking on top of to, on top of it as it <laughs> yeah. were. So you guys made this documentary and you got some really really cool interviews in it and it, uh-huh. it's like including you were some of the people including me which that's is right. obviously why the only reason to see I was going to ask um, what was your favorite thing that I said. My favorite, oh, my favorite look I gave, the angle you preferred. <laughs> we like the artwork on your wall. Thank that you. Awesome. Yeah. The art, <laughs> I appreciate that. And your dog, Helmut, also is pretty, pretty Yeah, cool. he, couldn't, he couldn't be here, sadly, because we <laughs> yeah. wanted audio to be intact. But uh, Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, no, so you guys made the film, and who, who else is in it? So um, Well, we got a lot of people. It. We got, uh, obviously, Gary Kurtz, uh, you know, uh, Del Pollock, uh, who wrote Skywalking, was just amazing, like, you know, four and a half hour interview. Uh, you know, just you know, tons of fans, cultural experts. Uh, Neil Gaiman. Uh, Neil Gaiman, of course. I almost forgot Neil Gaiman. Uh, well, you know, we interviewed have 126 people wow, ourselves. You, yeah, and so, all over the world too, right? All over the world. Yeah, you guys went to Japan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I went to Japan. Went to Europe. Went to Canada. Went from you know coast to coast, obviously, and and then and then of course the wave of of fan submitted you know rants and. You know, footage is just overwhelming. I'm, sh- I'm sure. How many hours of stuff did you guys have to look through? 634. 634 hours? Yeah. And and you watched everything? Every- I watched everything. Watched every everything. second of it? Every second of it, absolutely. Yeah. Alexander it's- watched everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that 30 years later, though, you can get uh, 600, 600 plus hours well, of... Yeah. Of fame. Well, I mean, we plan on having a really awesome special edition. DVD I mean, that DVD's got to be stacked, right? Yeah, well, it's going to be, yeah. We really want to bring a lot of stuff back that we just couldn't use in the film. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, how long is the film? It's, it's just 90, 90 minutes. minutes. It's a 90-minute film. How do, you, how do you cut down 600 plus hours? How do you cut down 600 plus uh, hours? That's a, that's a good question. I'm, uh, I'm still, you know, I, I'm still kind of waking up from it, I think. It's, yeah, it, it was a lot of work. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I didn't sleep very much for a long time. that's awesome but so so it's a mix of you said it's a mix of fan-made stuff and people you interviewed do you find um did you find that that the people now you put out pretty much an open call for fan submissions right correct yeah did you find the overwhelming majority pro george or or anti yeah you know there there was a bit of both i mean the, the cool thing is that we really gave the fans the freedom to sort of talk about whatever they wanted you know whether speaking generalities or or more sort of you know nitpick you know details but I mean, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think I think the older generation certainly has more dissatisfaction. There's no no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction. With, oh yeah, with Lucas's decisions over the last twenty years. I mean, so so I mean, you look at the, the you know some of the younger generation. They're you know they like the prequels, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they just it. like Star. I mean, it's like you know because they have all this different Star Wars, and to them, it's like one big thing. You know, they can sort of. Take what they want, leave what they want, and you know, to us, it had more meaning. You know, it was three films. It was. Three I mean, films. it was literally three movies. That's yeah, what it was. That was yeah. the entire. And then there were the toys yeah. and the Christmas special, which you couldn't even get unless you went to like a well, Ramada in. 
yeah. Comic Con or something in, <laughs> yeah. in a basement, you know, and bought it from some big guy. And of course, we do talk about the Christmas special in, uh, yeah. in our film as because well. Did he direct the Christmas special, George? No, no, no. He, he didn't, didn't right? He did hand that off. See, he handed oh, that off, but he won't hand off of that's the right, important yeah. things. He's in the credits, though. He's, I mean, yeah. he produced it or. Oh, yeah, well, of course. It. I mean, if you haven't seen the Christmas special, it is awesome it's I'm worth watching some yeah. of the best television when chewy there's what is that it's like a 12 minute sequence of chewy and his family where all it's it just is, a family chewy's not is hasn't come oh, chewy's home not in it. that's right yeah, he's yeah, stuck yeah. he's stuck it's itchy it's mala and, itchy and, and lumpy yeah 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 and it's just oh, for, no for, subtitles no yeah. subtitles, yeah. subtitles whatsoever just what's the language wookanese no um well it would be let's go just wookie language wookie language right because everything else like like but they gave like hot, Jabba spoke Hutnese and like Greedo spoke Rodarian. I feel like there's got to be a dialect for Wookiees, but uh, yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Just go it to me. just go to Wookiepedia.com. There yeah, is a Wookiepedia. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, there's that other like my friend. Um, I keep calling him my friend. My co-host Jesse. Uh, like we we did a Star Wars centric episode, and I kept bringing up uh, you know Bib Fortuna, and he would go, "Who the fuck is Bib Fortuna?" Oh yeah, yeah. That's, and yeah. then I realized, and he goes, "Wait a minute, are these names in the movies, or do you have to like?" And I realized most of most Star Wars knowledge is not even in the films. That's it's, right. It's the books mm-hmm. and, and and the action figures and the action figures. Yeah, which is kind of incredible, and that's why I think. It <laughs> might be one of the reasons it's lasted yeah. this long because there are literally like a thousand fucking characters to come. Oh, totally. They it's are, pretty, yeah. You hardly ever hear the names in the films at all. No, that's true. And, like I mentioned, Salacious Chrome, and for the first five oh, minutes, man. he had no idea who I was talking mm-hmm. about because they don't mm-hmm. never say, you know? No, of course. It's but not. to a Star Wars geek, Salacious Chrome, boom, you know yeah. what I instant. Yeah, come hither, Salacious Chrome. I mean, you don't hear that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, yeah, he's uh, not. But, you know, Bib Fortuna actually is one of my favorite, like, you know, like minor characters. Really creepy. It's creepy. a weird penis head dude with the teeth. Yeah. yeah and the tentacles. And those he's red all, eyes. He's really and, pissed for some yeah, reason, too. Point, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know Jabba's not a great employer and Bib just, like, pissed off and that, like... Yeah. It'll be an interesting spin-off right there. A Bib Fortuna, a like... Bib Fortuna, you Told know. from his perspective as Jabba's, like, yeah. right-hand man Bib or Bib Fortuna whatever. special. I bet there's a comic. There's... They, there's gotta they, be. They explore almost there's, every There's a character. book or comic if for not, every character, be, I'm yeah. sure. I thought there's gonna be one after... You know, the people hear about you know this podcast, this podcast right here. <laughs> yeah, right. Someone will steal it. And yeah, some comic book company. Have you guys met a lot of um, not from the fans, but from like if I if I told someone I'm involved in a, in a Star Wars documentary, they're like, yeah. how? They're like, well, what do you have enough? They're like, why? I can't even talk about Star Wars for five minutes anymore. They're like, how do you talk about how to, about it for hours? And isn't it just isn't it just fanboy bitching? And what do you say to to the dissenters almost who say yeah. we should get over it as it were? And it is just a movie. Well, it's it's more, it's it's far more than that. You know, I mean, it really did influence an entire generation. I mean, there uh, you talk to any filmmaker in our age group, mm-hmm. and almost you know without a doubt, they will all say they were influenced by Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, I mean, they'll. They'll cite those as their primary influences to become filmmakers. So yeah, no I mean, doubt. it's it's more than just it's more than just a set of films. Not only that, but they you know those films you know we grew up with them, and they did have morals and ethics that infused into our own uh, way of life. Well, I think they influenced our generation more than you can probably say. Any film nowadays influences the current generation. Absolutely. I you mean, let's, Dark Knight is the biggest film of all time, but I I don't see. No, Batman fever wipe sweeping. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, well, you couldn't have the people versus Christopher Nolan. I mean, you couldn't have that kind of you know sort of film. Right? No, do you think you could have this with any other filmmaker or pop I don't culture think so. icon or maybe Disney? <sighs> maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe Disney. 
<laughs> you guys like well did I hit, okay maybe I shouldn't be talking about that. <laughs> we'll move on I'll edit that last part out yeah, definitely on, not Disney on. he was a saint <laughs> and there's only one opinion on him people loved him that's right and he, they gave him hugs uh, <laughs> no but you're right though it, it, it is it, 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 there's no other filmmaker who really gets this much heat, but but at the same point, yeah. it, it's it's isn't it a kind of adoration that we're even? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know, the, at the end of the day, and that's kind of the premise really of our film is that you know, I think the, the love and admiration and respect will supersede you know every, every other feeling. You know, uh, we just we love George, and I think if he goes, you know, if he were to, you know, God forbid, but if he goes tomorrow, it doesn't, you know. We'll be devastated. I think every, all, you know, all, the entire fandom, you know. Not, not only do uh, I think we'd be devastated, we'd all feel really fucking bad for how oh, we've been yeah. for the last few years. We'd of be like, course. it's okay, you can put a do back wherever you want. We just want you <laughs> that's back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I would feel awful because, in a yeah. way, and, and this isn't literally, we've all been wishing something on George for years. If you know what yeah. I mean? No. Yeah. There's been there's been some nasty stuff out there on the, the internet. There's that. There's that. Do you guys ever read the comic Boondocks or see the cartoon? No, I know. There was no, a um. No. That's a guy, Aaron Magruder. It's about uh, young black kids, and and one of them, the main character Huey's this little kind of like Malcolm X, militant twelve year old kid. And there uh-huh. was an ongoing thread for two years. There was this crazy guy, homeless guy in the neighborhood who wore a cloak, who was looking for George Lucas. Like he was a st- crazy Star Wars fan. And then finally, at the end of the comic book, in a throwaway scene, someone just screams in the background, that guy in the cloak just killed George Lucas. <laughs> like, he was hunting him for years, as it were. Oh, wow. <laughs> but the thing is, but, but it's, it's weird. George seems to be able to take a certain amount of cr- criticism. Yeah. Like, you got the robot chicken and the family guy thing, yeah. which would strike me as odd, almost, that, that those, are, those are fully sanctioned by Lucasfilms, too, right? Totally, yeah. And, and maybe, yeah, maybe he's lightening up a bit. You know, maybe he's getting a feeling like, you know... Yeah, because Robot Chickens definitely takes a few jabs. Absolutely, they it's do. not. It's not they just playing with it. the characters. Like Robot Chicken, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's some smart uh, shit. I like the Robot Chicken. Yeah, well, he has great. a. I mean, he has, he has a sense of humor. You know, he he just has a cryptic sense of humor. I think it's sometimes kind of hard to figure out if he's joking or if he's serious. Welcome yeah. to episode one, two, and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> I mean, just think of all the other people who have suffered because of him, though. Jake Lloyd, Ahmed Best. No, I'm kidding. But did you, <laughs> did you guys see that interview with Jake Lloyd? Yes, like the recent one. Yeah, he's like 19 he years old. Yeah, like or something. Star Wars in my life. And I, I don't, oh, man, I don't, it's sad. Really? I, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean, did he say? I mean, he said that that he was ridiculed his entire like school in high school, and then well, he's just disgruntled. It's like he's clearly never going to make another movie. You no, know? he doesn't he's even want like, to. He yeah. said he doesn't want to be an actor. Yeah, it's like that's it. You know, the Star Wars just took care of me. You know, I mean, wow, yeah, it's pretty sad. Wow. And then I randomly went to Ahmed Best's website the other night, and it hasn't been updated since episode two. So I don't think that guy's working much Is either. That right, man. the Jar Jar curse. That's gonna be word. that's gonna be tough, man. That's gonna be. But at the same time, you know, he's pop culture too. I mean, he's gonna be pretty proud. Yeah, of Yeah, he can totally pop. Do one of those VH1. I love. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love the whatever shows. Like one of the being one of the talking head guys. <laughs> those <laughs> random whatever list celebrities at that rates. I think Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been going around the festival circuit with this film, right? How, that's how, right. How um and you've been to other countries with it and stuff too, right? Yeah. Not yeah, just yeah. where where has it been shown so far? Well, we premiered at South by Southwest. Uh, that was 
you know, that was it's basically like, another country. It, it is Texas, totally man. another yeah. country. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a cool city in Texas. I, I dig Austin. <clears throat> yeah, it was great. really, it was really a great sort of, you know, perfect premiere for us. And um, uh, then we went to Hot Docs in Toronto. And um, that is uh, another country. Literally. That is another country. Brazil. Literally. Too. There's Brazil. It's all true. Uh, wow. Which is a, you know, really big uh, documentary film festival. Uh, just came back from uh, Edinburgh, uh, European premiere, and of course LA. Right now, we're going to uh, Silver Ducks in Washington D.C. Uh, we're going to Munich for a German premiere, and then we're going to Puchan in Korea for our Asian premiere. And then we've got some other commitments coming up uh, later on in the year in um, Spain and uh, Denmark, and then England again. So. Uh, this thing's all over the map. Have you have you noticed yeah. different reactions from from different fans from around the world? I mean, I think you touched on that a bit in the film, right? With the French Star Wars fans, I remember you telling me <laughs> that they've got an entirely they're, different they're, kind of take on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're actually the ones uh, defending Jar Jar Binks and and the prequels. You know, it's it's the French scholars and the kids. Some of, of them, yeah, Some not of all of them, but but they no, they had the most sort of intellectually based arguments um, yeah in favor of the prequel yeah in favor of the yeah they're pretty fun actually well, like, we're, we're, does it differ where you go as far as the reaction to the film as far as the pure love or or Japan was pretty pure don't you think I mean, yeah as far yeah. as the Japanese fans seem more like just, just into it just completely into it just they just don't really understand kind of how you know our culture can be so you know like vocal about something like this you know they, they it's very foreign to them as a concept so they're just a lot more respectful as far as dissenting against, against yeah against something yeah yeah it's like something they don't really understand i mean i think they're fascinated by it i think they think they think it's kind of interesting but they just don't they do you don't think do, do you think they, they they're watching the films on the same level as we are or maybe it's the pop iconography that's making them so big in japan mm. i mean because it's it is that kind of Western hero journey kind of Joseph Campbell type yeah. story. So, it, yeah. do you think it's relatable all over the world? And well, it's, it's got to be relatable to some degree because also Lucas was uh, highly influenced by, by Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's but, true. But, who in turn was, was, in, was influenced by John Ford? Right, so it was but, Hidden, Hidden Fortress. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally R two. Have you, you seen around Hidden around. Fortress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's R two and it was totally. Japanese. Yeah, one skinny one short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Princess Leia, yeah. And Han Solo, even, really. No, absolutely. Yeah. I forgot yeah. it's a yeah. four. And yeah. Leia, yeah. It's I mean, all these characters are, are there, so. But I think the Japanese do really respond to visuals. And uh, and all of Lucas's films are visually rich, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and there's definitely something to be said for that. Okay, so we, we've mentioned Star Wars, and people, and I'm sure you say the people versus George Lucas, and they're, they're going to think of Star Wars immediately, but. Yeah. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Yeah, cool. How did you find. Did you find that people. A lot of people were talking about that, especially globally, maybe. Like, did anyone in Japan bring up Indiana Jones? Yeah, well, we, we actually did talk to the head of, well, the head of the uh, Indiana Jones fan club in Japan, which I'm sure is not huge. It's like seven dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably, but, uh, yeah. And one but, who dresses like Marion on Patrick Parkinson's. <laughs> <laughs> but he, <laughs> he had actually seen the South Park episode. You know? Had he really? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, he's, he's in the film and talks about that. And he's like, you know, I don't... We just couldn't get away with that in Japan, you know. He's basically. a little dumbfounded by He's it. He's a little, yeah. Because the, the messed up thing with indie in my mind is, I mean, I were you guys fans of King, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls? No. Not so much. No. Yeah, no I, no, I... I really am not. No. I, I dislike that more than I dislike all the Star Wars prequels, I think. 
Yeah. We've heard that before. Yeah. A couple it's times. Just, they lost actually. me at the Gophers, man. It's, yes, they, they lost did. me in the opening fucking shot yeah. with the Gophers. It's yeah. just so not Indiana. Nothing about that film has yeah. anything to do with what in Indiana Jones mm-hmm. or what made him good or a- anything. Yeah, at least was, Star Wars is kind of the same universe. Look, they're on Tatooine again. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely it was like a sixty year old guy who was indestructible all of a sudden. It was, it, they made the f- it like a weird superhero thing, and just yeah. on a storytelling standpoint, I hate that I've seen the film once and I don't want to ever revisit it. But like, he just kind of went with the Nazis or, or were they communists in this one? Mm-hmm. But it was basically yeah. like we got you, and he's like, okay, I'll help you out. There was yeah. no, he never at any point tried to fight them. There was no mythology. It wasn't the same Indiana Jones, really. I mean, it's and that's the thing that's is that they, they just need to. Thing leave well enough alone at some point. You know? See the scary thing. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna say. I mean, but I, you know, personally, I believe the franchise never, never reached the same peak oh, as sure. Raiders. Oh, no. Raiders was like just Raiders awesome, was amazing, it was incredible, film. one of the best. Yeah, it, was, it was flawless, yeah, right? So, oh, it's so tight. It's perfect and, movie. Yeah. You know, Last Literally. Crusade was okay, but it was just it was kind of a bump in the road in comparison. I but think. that's what, and speaking in terms of perfect movies, it's, it's Steven fucking Spielberg who's made maybe more well, perfect movies than anyone else. Jaws, Raiders, Close Encounter, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think he gave the fans a little more faith in Indy 4. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't know who's, who's the, the blame lies at. Who that's you, a good question because, you know, people do blame George Lucas, but, I blame but that's him indicative. Because, because Spielberg's infallible, you know, yeah. in our minds. It, it's, uh, well, Lucas certainly, he had, uh, he had say over the script. I mean, he had, um, he had, it had to pass through his, you know, across his desk before it got approved. So, I mean, yeah. there's, you know, you have to, you have to say that he had something to do with the creative out, outcome of that movie. Well, I mean, well, there's, no doubt, there's yeah. the golfers, the monkey vine. Th- there's certain yeah. things that are so Tarzan Lucas thing. in that And I think film. people, yeah. people know, like, you know, this can't be Spielberg's idea. Yeah, it has can, to be George's. You can pick you know? out which, yeah. Ha- like, yeah, I don't think yeah. Spielberg was like, we need a farting golfer. It's been 15 yeah. years since we saw Indy. Yeah, you know that, that's I, what the fans have been clamoring for. I can see for. Spielberg doing the extraterrestrial thing, though. Honestly, the alien. I, I think he might have been okay with that. With the whole with the concept of the Christmas yeah, thing, yeah, me too. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I at just, least in the South Park episode, you know, it's. I mean, at least Spielberg is there, and he he's the one holding down no, Indiana Jones as, <laughs> as George Lucas does the deed. You know, so he's he's a part of it. He's, he's <laughs> a part of this nonsense. <laughs> but, but, right. but again, like nobody kind of looks at Spielberg the way they do Lucas. You know, totally. I mean, Spielberg yeah. makes so many films, and, yeah, and he's made some really crap. Yeah. and that's and that's what I think a big part of it is, and I call it I call it ratio almost. Like, um, yeah. Spielberg's made, what, 50 fucking films and 30-something, and mm. I'm just using a random number, but th- let's say 70% of them have been great. He's yeah. got a pretty good good filmmaking sure. ratio. Sure, sure. Yeah. George Lucas only makes seven films in his entire career, and four mm. of them are, that's what I really think it has to do with. Uh-huh. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's part of the perception. And, it's uh, and you know, as a filmmaker, too, I, I can't imagine what it's like to come back after 16 years and make another film, you know, when, I mean, 16 years is a long time to not direct anything, you know? No, and so. especially with how much the, the medium had changed by that point, oh, the technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and really obviously trying to do something technologically new, but, you know, that year it was really The Matrix that stole the show. It wasn't no, Phantom absolutely. Menace. You know? I mean, what he, he basically tried to do, what James Cameron did almost, kind yeah. of, with that, you know? Yeah. Did you guys yeah. see Avatar? Of course. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, on, on a lot of levels, I mean, very impressive. I mean, the thing is a theatrical experience. It was a funny uh, yeah. popcorn movie. Yeah, no, oh, I, yeah. I, thought yeah. It, I thought it was a pretty incredible was, experience. I didn't think I would like it at all, but the experience itself was kind of amazing, you know? Yeah, I mean, you yeah, got to respect him for that. I don't that. think I, mean, I would watch geez. it on whole movie, for you know, because yeah. I don't, the story isn't really anything great, but... He oh, could. that was definitely a theater movie. Yeah, you, had, you had to be immersed oh, yeah. in it, you know. Yeah. And and uh, the art direction is just brilliant stuff. The visual effects, it really was. Yeah, some beautiful stuff. And you don't, and he's, and it hasn't inspired it. And it seems it's weird that that's now the biggest film of all time. Excuse me, not Dark Knight, well, Avatar. Unless you know, and where are the avatars, as it were? Like, there's no <laughs> fan clubs, and there aren't religions sprouting up, and they... uh, it's it's not the same. But I mean, again, you have to adjust, you know, the box office for for inflation, and and it's still it's still nowhere near the, the numbers of Star, Star Wars, Wars yeah. from yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, Star Wars really was only short of uh, Gone with the Wind. That would I said Gone yeah. with the Wind is the number yeah. one because right? that also yeah. ran for like two years, I think. Though yeah. Gone with the Wind, yeah. But then again, you don't see people walking around like you know Scarlett O'Hara. No, totally. You know, right? Comic cons uh, and stuff, cosplaying, <laughs> or, or debating, or debating cool. for years. Yeah, Redneck, yeah, we should start that up. Uh, yeah, we should. Maybe Gone with the Wind uh, LARP thing, you know? <laughs> live action role playing. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. So, what do you when can people see this film? Because everyone's looking. Yeah, looking well, you know, to it. I've heard a right, lot of you know. Well, right now, obviously, obviously, we're we're limiting ourselves to some very sort of key festivals, you know, just just for for premieres. Uh, you know, we're you know, we, uh, like the cool in, kids. You can't go to every party. You got to be selective. You know, well, we I mean? have to be selective. We, you know, <laughs> we unfortunately had to to turn down a bunch of festivals, but because we can't overplay it. But part of the reason for that is is obviously the distribution strategy. We want to make sure that this film is available. You know, uh, to to all the fans, you know, and and uh, so you know, we are working on it. Uh, we are gonna have, we're gonna be making some announcements pretty soon, and um, you know, people just need to keep checking our website and uh, you know for updates. And that website is people <laughs> peoplevsgeorge dot com. You can follow them on Twitter at. Gosh, what's our Twitter? PVG Doc. PVG Doc. Yeah, and we're on Facebook too. I mean, you're everywhere. We're everywhere. <laughs> in a perfect world George Lucas sees this movie calls you up what does he say uh, you know I'm not George Lucas right but uh, in a perfect world I think uh, what would you want him to say well done you know I mean I, I hope he recognizes how much how much bloody work went into that thing and, and you know just and really you know just really trying to make just trying to make a good film you know and um, I, I think I, uh, hopefully the the love, you know, that the fans have for him uh, comes across in in the film. You know, it's 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 been done with a, I think a lot of a lot of respect and a lot of admiration. At the end of the day, you know, we may be a little hard on him. I think I think rightfully so in, in certain areas. We're hard on the fans as well. But uh, it is as you know, Wired puts it. It's a twisted love letter. It's tough to love, the man. right? Yeah, it's tough he love. He deserves it though. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he does a little bit. You know, we, we get to smack him around a little bit too. Mm-hmm. No, but at the end of the day, like it, it is kind of. I mean, it's a documentary with the man's name in the title. How could that not be sort of flattering? Well, it, you know, and that's the thing is if in, in your lifetime, right? I mean, the guy's still alive and there's a documentary about him. About you. Bef- you yes, know, absolutely. When that 600-something-plus yeah. hours, you know? <laughs> that's going to be flattering on some, on some weird level, right? Yeah, absolutely. Be I would think so, but yeah, if he calls tomorrow and says, "Come on down to the ranch, man," we're there. You're, you're like, screw the rest of the festival. Screw the rest of the festival. We the are, we are showing you the film. You will find me next to that Yoda statue. That's right. That's <laughs> that right. Famous Yoda statue. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Ewok Lake. I think that's what it's called. Actually, is it? It's by Ewok Lake. It is yeah. by Ewok Lake. Yeah, it, it is, is indeed. Yeah. Oh, so, I, so you like Ewoks? 
Yeah. Okay, I want to hear the explanation of why you like. I, I I've, I've got to hear the they're like sort of story, talking and, teddy bear things. I like the cartoon. <laughs> I had the tree. I, it has to do with the toys a lot, and that's what's funny is nowadays, as, as kind of as as one of the uh, not a hater, but as one of the dissenters, I say it's all become about commercialization. But mm. I played with that fucking Ewok treehouse every day as a little kid. <laughs> that probably is why you know what I mean. Yeah. Before I'd even seen the film, I believe. Really? That's the thing. I didn't see the Star Wars films until I was about nine or ten, and I think someone had bought because they'd already got. When, when did Jedi come out? What year? 80, 83. 83. Yeah. I was born in eighty four. So by the time I was born, that Ewok treehouse already existed. I think I had it as a baby. So I knew the Ewoks before I knew Star Wars. So you were inculcated at a very early age. Yes, absolutely. To like, you can never the Ewoks. Yeah, it was never. It was never cheesy. Like I don't like Jar Jar, but yeah. at the same point, I can stand here and say like I love Wicked. Which yeah. is just as embarrassing. Like he is the <laughs> Jar Jar of your generation, right? Sort of, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know. I don't I, think we minded the Ewoks when I, we were I, kids. I kind of did. Did you? I How old were you? Really? I, I was about. I was about fifteen. Okay. So I, okay, I was like, yeah, you were older I, than me. I love the. You know, I really got into the whole Luke. Uh, Vader scenes. Oh yeah, know, yeah. And the Emperor. I, See, I just love the beginning, right from the, the, the Jabba's palace to the skiff. Like, it just, oh, that's that fantastic stuff. It, it starts. Yeah. It starts really great, I think. Jedi. Yeah, it does, and it ends pretty. I mean, also with the. Pretty, I mean that that you know the, the final you know final fight final. and the yeah. final fight, and then, and then you get amazing. that kind of cathartic release where everyone's just yeah. hanging out in the trees with the Hewoks dancing around and stuff. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, sure. And of course, yeah. now. <laughs> until they yeah. added in. Um, Hayden, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and also the Gungans at the end of the celebration. Now, in the new special edition, you Are can actually... Dead gun- well, you, there, you, there's a quick shot of the Gungan planet, and you can hear oh, Jar Jar right. now. So Jar Jar's voice is in the special edition of Return of the Jedi. Wow. So, yeah, yeah that's... Uh, they took out the Yub Yub song. That is not okay. They took out the Yub Yub song, and they added a, they new, did. S- yeah. a new song, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you you can't find the original editions anymore, can you? Well, that's part of that's that's the main debate in our in our film. That's the main sticking point, at least not in the restored version. You, know, yeah. you can certainly find you can find them on the bonus disc right now. See, and know, I think but, I think a lot of the listeners who might be my age would would assume that it's about the prequels, and I don't think people yeah. my age really know exactly what the deal is with uh-huh. that. Yeah, yeah, Why, I, yeah. You cannot get. The original Star Wars films that were in theaters in any shape or form officially anymore, right? Well, I mean, like I said, you, you can get a, uh, you know, non-anamorphic uh, sort of, uh, you know, I mean, it's basically a straight transfer from the 1993 Laserdisc edition. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, it yeah, a Lucas it's, it's DVD sort of... that they put out? Yeah. They, yeah, they threw it on the bone. I think they were just getting so much flack at that point. They were like, yeah. okay, we'll just throw Here we what, go. We, what yeah. we have in the closet on this DVD yeah. sort of thing. But, but there's of no. course, there's, there's no real way to watch it because, again, it's non-anamorphic. It's sort of, yeah. um, you know, it's it's archaic, really. So, like, little kids who see Star Wars now, they will always assume Boba Fett was in A New Hope in the, in the spaceport and stuff. And that there were, yeah. Yeah, and that Jedi was there, too. That's yeah, kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. And that a really bad CGI job. Oh, no, man. Because that stuff doesn't hold yeah. up. A couple, couple versions of them, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because, you know, the, the, same the theatrical version and... The DVD version of the they special edition right? completely changed Jabba. Actually, yeah. he just they just did a completely different Jabba. Yeah, yeah. it's and in our film. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can see it all. You can see it all in our film. So there's there's multiple levels to to this whole Lucas debate, and I'm sure it'll keep going on for years. But no doubt. But no you guys, doubt. you guys definitely put a good a good. Uh, can't even think of a word right now. <laughs> Let's say stance on it. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You, you, it's, it's, a, it's a unique film. Everyone should definitely see it. I mean, it pretty much sums up the debate that people have been having since 
90, yeah, ninety two was it? Yeah, and you when know, all this you, started. And the thing is, too, you don't need to be a Star Wars fan to, to enjoy your film. I mean, I've had a ton of people who came up to me and said, you know, really, uh, just had a good time. You know, I mean, if you have an interest in film, if you have an interest in pop culture, uh, it's it's you know, it's really about about how passionate people get. No, absolutely. Like know? I told my, my little brother, who's uh, twenty one, when you guys first came to interview me, I, I told him I was that, and he said, "Who's George Lucas?" Uh. <laughs> you know, and he knows what Star Wars is, kind of, but but doesn't yeah. know what George Lucas is. So it's definitely, yeah. if you have no idea who he is, it's definitely a good opportunity to figure out to figure it out from a non biased, non Lucasfilm mm-hmm. press released mm-hmm. uh, eyes. Yeah, yeah. gentlemen, thank you very much for being here today. Thanks very much, man. Yeah, yeah. Good luck awesome. with the flick, everyone. Check out People vs. George Lucas when it comes around near you. Check out the websites, and I will be back next week with more. Uh, bong hits and nonsense and it won't be so classy so we'll see you then and like that it was over what what a what, a, what an enlightening and, and I, I dare say world changing conversation that we had me and those guys I dropped the NPR voice because I don't like it I don't like it because it's too good that's what I'm worried about I'm worried about headhunters from public radio being like why do you waste your time and fucking with podcasts and stuff when you're so you're so talented and incredible and I'm like I don't know Cause, cause Jesse, you know, look, I got a big coat and, and Je- I'm let Jesse ride on it for as long as he wants. You know what I mean? It's got tails too. I got a tail or something. Um, hey, gang, Brendo man, minute, wait, a series of minutes. When I told Brendo we were doing an episode about Star Wars, he insisted I give him three times the usual allotted slot. So Brendo, it's all yours, little buddy. Take her away. Hey, what's up? This is Brendo with another Brendo Man Minute. So Matt asked me to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart. And uh, that would be Star Wars. Um, just to kind of give you a picture of like my childhood with Star Wars was, you know, I wasn't like of the original age really, you know, like the people born in the early 70s, um, or late 60s, like the gen, the like early Gen Xers that like really were in the prime when Star Wars came out. But, you know, um, my dad was a diehard Star Wars fan. And when I was three years old, it's the first movie I remember seeing. I guess he took me to see some Disney movies before that, but I don't remember them. But when I was three, we went to opening night of Return of the Jedi, and um, it it uh, it changed me. You know, I, I remember I, as a kid, I loved the Ewoks, but I also just liked the action and and I was you know space battles. It was cool, and we had Star Wars toys growing up. I remember um, we had a Darth Vader with like the vinyl cape. We had a Darth Vader's Tie Fighter. We had a couple other toys, um, not a ton, but we did have quite a few, and we were way into Star Wars, and then one of the greatest memories of my childhood, when I was like nine or ten, my dad took us, me and my brother, to a marathon at the Ken Cinemas down in San Diego, um, and we watched all three movies in a row on the big screen, and that's when I was like, oh these are the best movies ever. I mean, I had seen them on video and on TV, and even my uncle had a set of the original Laserdiscs, 
and we'd watch those. And but watching them on the big screen, the original prints and their original format was just something that I will. Um, it's burned into my soul. I don't know. That sounds stupid, but it's true. And so I always loved Star Wars, even when it wasn't cool. You know, I'm not trying to say that to be like, ah, oh, but like, seriously, like, my brother and I got made fun of for liking Star Wars um, when we were in school. And, and then, you know, the special editions came out, and I saw the first two, and by Empire, I was done. I was like, this is ridiculous. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. And I was kind of disappointed. I didn't even see the third one in the theater. I saw it on video later, and I was glad I didn't see it in theater because I probably would have thrown something. Um, and, you know, and I loved... I followed George Lucas very closely. I idolized him. I thought he was the greatest filmmaker ever, even though... At the time, I guess I just didn't realize that he really, after Star Wars, didn't do much filmmaking. And, and, like, none at all, really. And um, and then really, and then going later, when I really studied the films, um, my favorite, which is Empire, um, George Lucas neither wrote nor directed Empire. Um, and I think that kind of comes into play when you think about the prequels that, you know, at that time, by that time, which this is covered extensively in the great movie, People vs. George Lucas, which I got to go to the Ford Theater and watch with Matt, um, that by the time the prequels came out, George Lucas became, like, this insular, like, he had fought off Hollywood, and he swore that he would never, like, be controlled again, and in the process became just this isolated entity and had nobody telling him, hey, this might suck, or anything like that. It seemed like he had no other input whatsoever, and I think the prequel suffered incredibly because of that, because I think there was something there. It wasn't a horrible idea to begin with. I mean, it got everybody excited as hell. I'm not gonna lie. I watched the trailer. I paid... I, went, I think I went and saw Meet Joe Black, like, four times in the theater, just so I could see that, that trailer, you know, um... Was it Meet Joe Black? I don't quite remember what it was. I just remember... I think it was Meet Joe Black. And, um... It was something crappy. And, and you know, and I remember being in college, and we had a dial-up line still. Like, not all the dorms are wired for Ethernet. And waiting, like, a day to download the Episode 1 trailer. And just watching that little, tiny, quick-time movie over and over and over and over again. And just that level of excitement, and I feel like with the prequels, because before episode one came out, I could get beyond excited for a movie, and just pure, unadulterated, like, you know, and that's what I, and I think I lost that, and I miss it horribly, because I've never, ever been that excited for a movie again. Like, I feel like that's what George Lucas robbed for me, was that pure excitement, pure innocence that I had, you know, going into, like, Batman 89, um, you know, Jurassic Park, like, some of those movies that are just, I will never be that excited for a movie ever again, and that saddens me, because I took my, my, we waited all day, 
we didn't wait all day. A bunch of our friends waited all day, and we came a little bit later. We waited several hours in line for the midnight show, and that was the other hard part about people versus George Lucas was watching that day like again, like the news clips and people being so excited. And because I was right there, I was there. You know, I was night. I was I was about to turn nineteen. I was in college. And it was like my first year of college was almost over, so I was also really excited. Exciting! I was excited about that, and um, and I took Phil, my my best friend, and um, and his girlfriend. Well, they weren't even dating at the time, but his future wife, and a bunch of other friends, and we were there. And Phil was a bigger Star Wars geek than I was, like way bigger. He was in the Star Wars fan club. He had like original posters and he had the posters of like star tours like he had all kinds of stuff and he had more toys like in the box like than than i could imagine and he was just like way he was a star wars super fanboy and 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 even phil like of all it was it was seriously after we were leaving that theater it was the only time i've ever seen phil like it was the most depressed i've ever seen him ever ever and probably i don't know i mean I've never seen him like that, and I I think that's when I really, like, it hit me, like, wow, like, that was not good, if Phil is, like, about to cry in the movie theater, and, 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 you know, I just feel like I lost a part of me that day, and yes, the originals, well, see, that's the problem, we can't even say that, the originals will always be there, because all I have are the VHS tapes, and when those wear out, they're gone, and George Lucas will not surrender the original originals, you know, we had that crappy DVD release that wasn't even like, oh God, don't even, can we start about that? See, this is something I could talk about forever. And Matt said I could go long this time, but I don't want to take up all your time. But that gives you a background and that gives you, and I feel like when I went to see the movie, The People vs. George Lucas, it felt good to know that I was not alone. Because sometimes I feel like, oh man, I've taken this way too far. Like I, this is, I'm just being a crazy fanboy, but no, no, not at all. It's nice to know that I'm not alone, and yet I still, like, as Matt and I talked about, like, if they released um, number uh, seven, not four, five, six, yeah, seven, tomorrow, like, episode seven, like, I would be there, front row, you know, <laughs> and that's, because, you know, I don't know, that's, that's just what it is, that's what it's about. So it is that weird love-hate thing going on, and hopefully, and just also the hyper-nostalgia to it, for me, is part of it. But that's pretty much it for me and Star Wars. Um, If you have any specific questions or want to talk more, hit me up on Twitter. At Brendo Man. All right, back to you, Matt. Back to me, Matt, indeed. Uh, Thank you, Brendo. We love you. The world loves you. And Jesus uh, is a guy... Who who works at Home Depot? I met him before, but I don't know. I'm not sure it's pronounced like that. I'm, I'm gonna let you know right now. But I think, um, I'm I'm just thinking of things to say. I apologize. Look, I'm lost without I'm lost without my rock, without my stone, without my river. I need I need Jesse in my life because without him, I just talk. And sure, it's really really funny. And I'm sure, you know, you guys are gonna listen to this tons of times over and over and over again. You're gonna you're gonna remember all your favorite quotes and put them on T-shirts and all that. But that's not what this is about. This is a group effort. This is me and Jesse and a little bit of Brendo thrown in there for good measure and my dog and Jimmy Moore and Dr. Crazy Asian Man. Look, it's the Bagnaborted family and we're glad to have you as a part of it. 
if you consider yourself as part of it. If not, um, want to fuck and become a part of my family, you know, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I really, I really should just stop talking into microphones at this point and save it for next week's episode, which is back to normal. Me and Jesse doing what we do best, which is absolutely nothing. We, it, we, we got nothing. We bring, I bring, we got nothing for the table. Here's a table. Me and Jesse come over. What are we bringing? Fucking zilch. In fact, we're taking things away from the table. If you got something on that table that's not bolted down, me or Jesse will, will take it and slip it into our backpacks, lickety split. And that's right. We both carry backpacks for that, for that one reason. To take stuff away from people's tables when we show up. Um, big news coming up, folks. Big, 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 big news. And I'm sure you can guess what it's kind of related to, but, um, just, let's just hint at it. If you live in the Los Angeles area and you're a fan of the podcast you're currently listening to, uh, there might be a fun opportunity for you and me and, and, and a special guest who might be making an appearance in the flesh for the first time in about six months. That's right, folks. Michael Jackson will be appearing at Bag and Border Life. No, um, just come, just come, just, just stay tuned, you know, uh, Check me out on CamelToadProductions.com. Uh, check out the, the Twitter feed at CamelToad or Smodcastle. I will, I will be dropping nuggets of, of news and updates as they come. So yeah, um, cool, cool, exciting stuff in the future. Stuff that I never, when I sat down to do this podcast with Jesse in the beginning, I never in a million fucking years would I think that it's about to go where it's about to go. So that's cool and stuff. Uh, also, on another personal note, I guess, please go over to baggedboarded.com. That's our new website we bought. No, we're still hosted on Fred, of course, and we're proud of it. But if you want some extra information about Bagged and Boarded, we're going to have an episode guide. We'll have cast bios. We'll have cool exclusive stuff for the website. I'm doing a poster for every episode, which I've been posting on there. Go check out baggedboarded.com, please, and uh, leave a comment how much you want to uh, touch Brendo. Because everyone does. We just want to know how much. We want to quantify it. You see what I mean? And other than that, check out Jesse Rivers at at Jesse Rivers. Brendo Man can be found at brendoman.com, braxcomic.com, or at brendoman on Twitter. Uh, please, as always, listen to the other Fred Entertainment Podcast and Smodcast Podcast, as I'm sure you do. And uh, check out smodcastle.com and stay tuned for some, some exciting announcements. And uh, we will see you next week. For what I'm sure will involve some kind of horribly fucking racist, uh, stereotypical accent, a couple rape hypotheticals, you know, this stuff, the stuff people want to hear and, you know, just to brighten up their days, stuff like that. So on that note, uh, taking myself, I'm Matt Cohen. It's been bagged and boarded and it's been real. What? Bagged and boarded. Outro. Jesse, watch lots of movies, get mad ladies, smoke mad doobies, beg and board it, it's a way your life, tell your friends, tell your moms, tell your hoe, tell your wife, coming at you on a weekly basis, kicking up pod for your sexy faces, who's the two free geeks you want to bone, in the secret podcast bunker all alone, on the internet we be the top crooks, we got issues and we don't need funny books, homie Jimmy Moore and the dinos are chilling, me and JR, we got the top villain, sit down, relax, and yo, and take a seat, get ready for the top podcast, you all agree, others spit loud, but I can spit faster, I'm 
I'm Matt Cohen, I'm the Geek Master. I got everything you could possibly want in it. An hour of us in the Brento minute. I'm a little laid back and he's making a little maniacal. Could we just talking shit? Who said the show was viable? Walking in the door, smoking that Jimmy Moore. You're listening from Alabama, all the way to Singapore. We just two weeks and that's the topic of discussion. Had each other's folks on the green, on nothing. Quick stop and I told you, storming like a typhoon. It's not right, it's wrong. It's taking lots of balls. It's reaching every show, everyone celebrates. Cause we got comics, movies, and a little penetration. I regret every episode as soon as it's recorded. Cause I'm down to earth and that is out of orbit. We're not quite right, our thoughts are distorted. So now we present to you another bag and boarded. Bagged and boarded, 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 bagged and boarded. Yeah! You've been listening to a podcast from a site called Fred.com.